Well, good morning, church family. Uh, good morning. Thank you for thank you for being here. Whether you're uh, joining us here in the in the building or uh, or online uh, as as one church family, we're gathering and uh, and th- this is exciting. Af- it's been a long road. Today we finish the series in First Corinthians. <laughs> I know, <laughs> yeah, and, and it has it has been a long road. You might not even remember this in the the before times um, that we actually started First Corinthians a little over two years ago, and we got like maybe two chapters in, and then the world ended, uh, and so we we put Corinthians on the back burner for the rest of 2020, uh, and then we we picked it up again uh, last January, and we have just been sitting and camping out in this in this letter that. That the Apostle Paul wrote to such a messed up church, but seeing in his instructions and exhortations and warnings and encouragement, we've been seeing God's grace. We've been seeing Jesus as a savior um, who is big enough to save even us. And so it's, it's been a, it's been a good, uh, a good journey. Um, and, uh, and it has been uh, one of my great honors to be preaching through this, um, with you guys. I do want to just give you a heads up, a little plug for what's coming next. Um, next week, uh, next week, um, there's going to be a, a sort of a shorter, a shorter sermon series. We're not going to spend all year on this uh, in Proverbs. Um, yeah, and Proverbs and looking at some of, God, of God's wisdom for life and pulling some categories um, from Proverbs and, and st- taking maybe a little bit more than a month to, uh, to, to camp out there, um, get some really practical help. And one of the things that would be cool for all of us to do if you want to lean into Proverbs is you can actually text Sync the word sync to 410-618-1010 to do a reading plan through Proverbs next month. Sort of like basically like a chapter a day as well as I think some things to pray for. Uh, And I think that would be a great way as a whole church for us to to lean into God's word next month with something new. And so I, uh, you know, I have... um, I've really loved preaching through 1 Corinthians and seeing, um, seeing all these, these themes kind of, you know, stretch out through the book, seeing how Paul addresses um, all, all of the mess. Because you know, if, if you've been with us this past year and you know, been walking through 1 Corinthians, um, the church in Corinth was a mess. <laughs> they had, they had a, a lot of, of problems. Um, and, and I feel like when Paul looked at the at the, the Corinthian church, it would have been so easy for him to despair. Um, but he didn't. And through chapter by chapter and issue by issue, Paul has kept drawing the Corinthians and us back to the grace of the gospel, back to the truths that we were just singing about, um, that we have a Savior who took our sin and took our punishment, has freed us, has risen from the grave, is the conquering king, and that this changes everything, even for a church like Corinth. And so today, as, as most of you probably know, today is, um, is my last Sunday uh, as your pastor. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever gotten booed before. That, that, that's cool. We'll, we'll end with something new. Um, <laughs> speaking of ending with something new, the, the, the other guys asked me to keep this message brief. 
Um, so I figure, why, you know, maybe the last, very last week, we'll try something different. I'm going to have a short message in 1 Corinthians. <laughs> and so I have, I have been your pastor uh, for, for five years. Um, it was five years, two weeks ago. Oh, okay, now it's a, now it's a, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, these, these last five years, whew, <laughs> have, have been a doozy. We have, we have been rocked by storms this, last, this past half a decade, uh, and there has been you know, turmoil and divisions and global pandemics and all sorts of upheaval. <laughs> And, and I think looking back at, the, at these past five years, it would be easy to despair. It would be easy to be discouraged. It'd be easy. To, I think all of us can say, man, I'm worn out after these past five years. But just like Paul, in his letter to a messed up, confused, wayward church, I am so thankful for grace these past five years, um, that Jesus is a big enough savior, even for us. And this final chapter in Corinthians, Corinthians 16, we're gonna take sort of a brief, you know, skip through, first, through this last chapter as Paul closes his letter with some personal stuff. This final chapter is just brimming with confidence in grace. And the first thing, I'm, and as we go through here, if you have a Bible, you can open up, you can jot down some notes. I'm actually, I'm not going to even read everything that Paul says because lots of it, he kind of gets into some personal, you know, thank you this, listen to this guy. Instead, I want to just point out, kind of skipping through some, some themes here. So in, at the beginning of chapter 16, as Paul ends his letter, you know, he's, he's wrapped up his talk on the resurrection and our future hope. And now just some closing sort of thoughts. And he, one of the things he brings up is that he is raising money in all the different churches to bring a collection back to the poor in Jerusalem. This is a big, one of Paul's big sort of things that he has on his mind as a way to, to bridge the, the, the divides between the churches, bring them all together. And so he reminds them, you can, you can go to the next slide here. Uh, he, he reminds them about this, this, this money collection that he's doing. He says, I'm going to, you know, you know, tells them what to do, put aside some money. And when I come, we'll, we'll get it all together, bring it to Jerusalem. And it just, it strikes me that after 15 chapters of correcting all their problems, this is a bold move, Paul, asking for some money <laughs> at, the, at the end. Uh, but what's, what's going on here, the, re the reason Paul feels confident to do this after being like, this problem, this problem, this problem, this problem, and now, hey guys, just remember, I'm coming for that collection. It's from the very beginning of this letter, Paul has expressed uh, this confidence in this messed up church. Um, or rather, maybe a better way to say it is Paul has confidence in God's grace at work in this messed up church. All the way back in chapter one, from a, from a year ago, chapter one, Paul, uh, Paul said this. He said, he said to this church, he says, I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus. In every way you were enriched in him, in all speech and knowledge. The testimony of Christ was confirmed among you. You're not lacking in any gift. Verse 9, God is faithful. 
to this church full of problems, and then the next 15 chapters is all the problems, and yet, and yet Paul's confidence in the faithful grace of God is that in all those 15 chapters, it's that God is faithful. He will sustain you. He will enrich you. He will work through you. He will build you up. So Paul's confidence in God's grace, and because Paul was confident in God's grace to them, so at the close of the letter, he's confident in God's grace flowing through them in the form of generosity. So he, he doesn't, and so Paul doesn't see any disconnect between all of the mess of the church and the grace of God at work. And even this final appeal of let grace have its way with you, Corinthians, in generosity. And so too, I'm convinced of God's grace at work in this church, uh, in all of the good things, and all the bad things, and all the, the mountains and valleys of these past five years and the years to come, God is faithful by whom you and I, we together, were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. God is faithful. And, and even with all the storms of the, fa- of the past five years, we can, we can draw that lesson. We can put that in the bank. God is, has been, and will continue to be faithful. As Paul continues, the the next thing, really the the bulk of this chapter 16, is Paul Paul gets personal. Uh, Paul Paul gets personal with some plans of him coming to visit, and he he wants to send Timothy. and, and, And really, one of the things that amazes me about the, the Apostle Paul, um, every one of his letters, uh, he, he does this. You know, at, at the end, he, he gets personal. And this is, I, I so admire this about the Apostle Paul, uh, that he's really intentionally and intensely relational. Uh, because he, here's, here's the, the Apostle Paul is it probably, I think we could say, is the greatest theologian ever. He has a towering intellect, a dizzying mind. He's an apostle, leader, a foundation of the church, personally commissioned by Christ. And yet he is no ivory tower intellectual. He's not disengaged. He doesn't just sort of speak pronouncements from afar, drop them, walk away. You can, all, you can tell at the end of every letter, this one being no exception, that he is deeply invested in people's lives. And even in verse 7, he, he says this. He's given a reason why he's not coming right away. He says, I don't want to just see you now in passing. I hope to spend some time with you. I love that. Reading Corinthians, I don't know if I'd want to spend time with those people. <laughs> and yet Paul, driven by this confidence in grace and Grace in Paul translating into real genuine love is like, is like when I come, I, I really want to hang out with you guys. I don't want to just, you know, breeze through. It's like, I love you. You can feel the, the Paul's love for this church coming through. And on the next slide, he, he continues and he names lots of names. He talks about Timothy, um, T- Timothy coming to, to see them. He talks about Apollos who has some, some plans he's changing. He talks about an, a number of the people in the Corinthian church, Stephanus and his family, Fortunatus, Achaeus, Aquila, Priscilla, 
all of these, these people, these name-dropping, Paul thanks and encourages and honors and commends and passes on greetings. He loves these people. And I'm just reminded again, um, at the end of, of this book, at the, at the end of my pastoral ministry here, just how thankful I am for, for, for all of you. And, you know, I, the, the guys told me to make this a short message, so, <laughs> so I, I can't go through and just talk about all the different ways that you've individually have been an encouragement. But a couple, uh, there's one, one group that I want to name drop and commend to you is, uh, is our pastoral team here. Um, Don and Greg and George and Rick and Eric. Uh, it, it, ha- it has been one of the great honors of my life to serve on the pastoral team uh, with, with these men. Their, their integrity, uh, their commitment to the gospel, their commitment to, to one another, um, their love for, for you, um, uh, it really, it would be fun for you to be a, a fly on the wall in, in our pastor's meetings as uh, we joke with each other, give each other a hard time, pray for you, um, talk through, through issues. Um, these are um, faithful men, uh, and I, I'm thankful for having served with them, and I look forward to serving alongside them in a different capacity now. Um, as just a member, as a member here, I'm eager to to learn from their teaching, uh, to, to to walk alongside them. So I, I would just exhort you, um, pray pray for these men, um, encourage these men. They have uh, a, a burden um, and a calling from the Lord, uh, and they they carry it admirably. But they need your prayers and they need your encouragement. Now, as Paul now wraps this up, his last paragraph here, as he, after he goes through all the personal greetings, he, he says this in verse 21. He says, I, Paul, write this greeting um, with my own hand. This is another you know, little tradition that Paul had. Paul, Paul always had, had a secretary that he would dictate these letters to, and the, you know, the secretary would write, would write them down. That was just sort of a, a normal thing. Um, but Paul would always, at the very end, take, take the pen out of the secretary's hand and write, write his last personal greeting himself. Uh, and this was sort of his mark of authenticity. He's like, you know, this is from me when the, when the, the, uh, the close is handwritten by Paul. Uh, and I think this is just, again, Paul ending on this personal relational note. He says, I write this with, greeting with my own hand. And it's interesting of all the things he has to say, he does have one last warning for them. He says this. He says, if anyone has no love for the Lord, let him be accursed. Our Lord, come. See, even in his final handwritten note to them, he, ha- he has this warning. Because the Corinthians' whole issue, this, these 16 chapters, has been a lack of love. That's that's it, in a, in a nutshell. And so that's why he, he'd, he'd said back in verse 14 of this chapter, he said, let all you do be done in love, remember that. And then, he's, and then he says, and most importantly, love, love for the Lord. 
But what really amazes me about this letter is that after all the mess, all the warnings, it's clear, just read this, Paul doesn't think that verse 22 applies to them. Because he says there's this, this warning, this hypothetical. If anyone has no love for the Lord, there, there, there's a curse on that. There, there's judgment on that. But by the way, this is the primary thing that's wrong with the world. This is, this is the sin at the bottom of all sins. This, this is what brings judgment. This is what, what, uh, what Mark was saying is the, the cup of wrath that God, that Jesus drank for us on the cross, taking our place. It was for this. It was for this greatest of all sins of seeing Jesus as the one worthy of all praise and devotion, altogether lovely, and yet turning away from him and loving other stuff instead. That's the greatest sin, and that is the greatest redemption, the greatest rescue that God has is changing our hearts so that we do love Jesus. But Paul looks at this Corinthian church, and so he has that warning, that hypothetical, but then, but then what his confidence is is the grace of the Lord Jesus will be with you. He doesn't think verse 22 applies to them. He trusts that they're not, in fact, accursed. That Jesus did bear the curse for them. That they're part of the beloved, messed up family of God. See, the, the overwhelming emphasis here is grace. And Paul intends to close this letter on the same, the same note that he opened it. And that's grace. In fact, chapter 1, the very first Paul's opening, opening of the letter, he says this, as he opens his letter, as he does every letter, he says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And now as he closes, it's the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Paul does this in every letter. I, I don't know, I, sometimes it's easy to miss this unless it's like one of those shorter letters and you just kind of read the whole thing in a sitting. Uh, he does this in every letter. He always opens with grace to you and ends with grace with you. Because through all the messes he's addressing, the heartbeat of each letter, the heartbeat of this letter, and the heartbeat of the gospel itself is grace. And what Paul wanted us to know in chapter one is as we opened this letter, there is grace coming to us. Grace aimed at us from this letter. God's, God's kindness and love and generosity and mercy aimed at us from this letter. And then as we close the letter, the grace that was aimed at us stays with us. It doesn't just leave us, but the, but the same grace that flowed through 1 Corinthians stays when 1 Corinthians is over. At every ending, there's grace that stays with us. So for us, as we end our year plus in 1 Corinthians, the grace that we have seen and been shaped by will stay with us. That's the confidence that we can have. God is faithful. And as I end my five years as your pastor, Jesus' grace will stay with us. God is faithful. 
Uh, and so just like, just like Paul opened and closed on the same note, I've been thinking about this for, for a while. I, w- I wanted to do the same. Um, five years ago, uh, when I was ordained on January 15th, what was that, 2017, uh, I, I shared a quote that's really near and dear to my heart um, by, by John Newton. And it's funny, I actually looked back at my manuscript from five years ago, and, and, I, and I warned, I was like, it's like, you're going to hear a lot of John Newton quotes. And yes, you have. <laughs> John Newton is my homeboy. He's the, he's the one who he wrote Amazing Grace, um, but really what he's, perhaps his most profound impact on me has not been his hymns, it's been his letters that he'd write to, write to friends. Uh, and John Newton's um, just humility and meekness in the gospel um, has, has continues to be an inspiration to me. So I, five years ago at my ordination sermon, I shared this, this quote of like, this is who I want to be. John Newton wrote this. He said, I am a silly sheep, but I have a gracious, watchful shepherd. For John Newton, that, that was it. That was the, the end of the day. I'm a silly sheep, but I have a gracious, watchful shepherd. And five years ago, when, when I took on the, the mantle of pastor, of shepherd, of an under-shepherd, under this great chief shepherd, uh, I, I said five years ago, yet still I'm a silly sheep and my confidence is I have a, a really good shepherd. And five years later, um, I'm thankful that through five years of difficulty, I have had a gracious, watchful shepherd. Um, The Lord is my shepherd, and I have everything I need. And the good shepherd who knows me and loves me and laid down his life for me, and church, you have a gracious, watchful shepherd. And so I'm, I'm stepping down today in the confidence that this chief shepherd never steps down. Jesus never gets tired or weary. The, the limits of his endurance are beyond the horizons of eternity and we will never get there. Jesus never gets burned out. Silly sheep are no burden to him. In fact, we are, we are his delight. Shepherding us with redeeming love is the passion of Jesus' heart. It's, so to speak, it's what gets him out of bed in the morning. Not that he ever sleeps because he's a watchful shepherd, but the thing that thrills the heart of our Savior is to be a gracious, watchful shepherd for silly sheep like us. He never gets burned out. Jesus never gets frustrated. I mean, how, how could he? His, his purposes are unassailable. He has his foot on Satan's neck. He confiscated the keys of death and hell. Like, you think we're capable of getting under his skin? <laughs> never. Never. All that he has for us is bottomless reserves of patience. And his grace will never, ever fail. And so when I say with, with Paul here at the end of this letter, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you, that is, that's a blessing you can bank on. The sun will fail to rise before his mercies fail to be new every morning. 
and none of the challenges of the past five years nor the years to come are any match for his faithfulness. We are silly sheep, but we have a gracious, watchful shepherd. And so in that confidence, I'm, I am happy to, to hand back my, my badge of temporary under-shepherd to the great shepherd, the chief shepherd, uh, and just return to the flock to, to be a silly sheep with you again. <laughs> uh, and to be here next Sunday under the teaching of his word, worshiping with you and admiring the glories of his endless grace with you. I look forward to being a silly sheep with you. And so, Grace Community Church, I want you to to receive this benediction. I'm I'm done. Receive this benediction from from me Um, one last time as your pastor but receive this from Jesus as just another day of being loved by the good shepherd. Here's, as Paul closes, 1 Corinthians 16, 23, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you, and my love be with you all in Christ Jesus. Amen.